Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope everybody is has something lovely to do today, even if it's small. It's always good to celebrate uh, love, to celebrate being loved, to celebrate to being lovely, to celebrate doing by doing lovely things. Uh, we get to do all of that, and that is so awesome. Today, I'm talking about leaning into the strength of love. Uh, love is gentle and tender, but ever so resilient. Love is actually a person. And so love being a person, the person of Christ, the person of Father God and Holy Spirit, love being that, the whom, (laughs) uh, he is tender, resilient, and he never fails. And you are created in his image and likeness to look just like him. So I wanted to really talk about what that looks like practically. Uh, I love discussing theological uh, issues, but ultimately I the, translating that to something practical, something that can make your life better is always a great thing. So let's start to unpack this. We're talking about leaning into the strength of love. So number one, the first presupposition is that you can lean into love as a person. And the second presupposition in this talk is that love is strong. And, you know, that's something that I wanted to really uh, focus on for a little bit. If you're going to lean on something or someone, they better be strong, right? I think it says in Proverbs, it could be in Psalms, I don't remember, I think it's Proverbs, where it's talking about the the um, foolishness, uh, the vanity of leaning on to a broken uh, staff. If you're going to lean, you need to lean on something that's actually stronger than yourself to gain strength, to gain uh, sustenance, to gain peace, to gain joy, to gain clarity, whatever it is that you need that's got to be stronger than you. And nothing is stronger than love. Now, these three things remain faith, hope, and love after everything else has passed away, right? And the greatest of these is love because love is a person and you're one with him and you look just like him. He's in you. You're in him. You're one with him. You're in union, not by anything you did, by the way. Uh, It wasn't your brilliance. It wasn't even your choice. It was his choice that he chose you before the foundation of the world to be united with him uh, and before him without spot or blemish in love. That was his choice. Now you get to choose back. Uh, Good choice. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, God is so about his kids. He didn't leave anything to chance. He's like, I'm choosing you. And then I'm going to spend my time wooing your heart to choose me back. And in the, in the ways that we choose him back, we have freedom. We have the fruit where the spirit is Lord. 
there is freedom. So that lordship is like, I'm choosing you. You're smarter than me. You're stronger than me. I look just like you, but I look just like you because you created me and you are my source. Leaning in the strength of love means that you can lean and that he is strong. And also I'm going to put she out there. I don't want to freak anybody out, but you know, Holy Spirit is in the Old Testament. Ruach is feminine. So God is, has female attributes, has male attributes. And to some people, this is a real trip up, uh, because they feel excluded because God is described as a father. Jesus came as a son, which are male. And so they feel excluded, but, uh, there, there are reasons for that. And I'm not going to get into that, but I thought I would just share that because get, let, let's be very clear. Love needs to be expressed in every way possible. So God is described in feminine terms very often as, as a child, as being put to the breast, all of those things. And so ladies, you're included. Everybody can just be happy. Uh, no one's, there's no male or female in Christ. And that um, love is a person inclusive of humanity. So if you're created in the image and likeness of love and you're a, a woman, guess what? You are reflecting his attributes on the earth realm or her attributes. He, she, you know, sometimes our, our language is so limited. It can get frustrating. I just use he because it, it's traditionally more inclusive of humanity. And I'm not going to describe God as an it because I'm not in relationship with an it and neither are you. I'm relationship with it, with a person and he slash she is love and you look just like him in your flavor. Okay. Let's talk about that. That was a little aside, but I just felt like I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> I've gotten some, some, not, I, some of it is, is flack. It's not really flack. It's just a good question and it's a valid question and I, I love it. So we, we all get to partake. Uh, let's go to John 15, uh, verse four through five in the Passion Translation. I'm sorry. This just makes me happy. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about this. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. So let, let's just pause a little bit. Sometimes we whiz through these scriptures and we really don't partake. You know, when you're partaking of a good meal, and I am so guilty of this, <laughs> I can inhale food, truly. Uh, the, the only person I've ever met that has got a worse problem with this is my husband. And part of this was because, uh, when I was in training as a resident, we were always on call and you just inhaled, hoping you could get a meal before you were called out. My husband, who was an F-14 pilot, would be basically on call for that, had to inhale, and we just never kind of got over it. It's not something I'm proud of. I'm just saying it's a thing. <laughs> but when it comes to scripture, I do not like to inhale. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to redeem myself from, you know, the, uh, okay, I've sucked it down. I didn't, did I taste that? No, right? You want to taste it because this is your life. Now, I'm not saying, let's, I want to be clear. Um, uh, scripture is our words that point to a person who is the word. So I'm not worshiping the Bible. I'm not a bibliophile. Okay. Uh, but as, as scripture is pointing 
to the one who is the word, the one who is love. It is life-giving. So let's partake and let Holy Spirit uh, minister to you in your union with him so that you can lean on the strength of love. So it says, so you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. Now, this must is not a, you know, a, a salvation thing in the way that we talk about heaven or hell that the evangelical church talks about. It's an experiential for you to partake of him slash her as your source, for you to partake of God uh, as love and lean on his strength. Um, it requires an awakening and awareness and an intentionality because if someone loves you to partake of that love, you need to turn towards them, receive and love back. And that's the beauty of union, right? That is the, the beauty of union. And so let's talk about that. Uh, so it says in order to partake, you, I've already chosen you. I'm one with you. Now are you going to experience the life union? So we're talking about life that flows from our oneness with God, from our oneness, which flows from our union with God. And guess what? If it's life, that means that's your strength. That is your strength. And so, um, so this is probably a good idea. Uh, so it says, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Now, I want to I want to say something. Filters matter. Filters are huge because if we have a filter of legalism, where in order to get God to give you the goodies, you need to do something. Okay. Or if you live in a filter of punitiveness, well, if you don't do this, then I'm going to punish you by withdrawing my goodies or withholding my goodies. Okay, both those filters, I'm telling you, the person of love is after those things to tear them down. You see, because as you see and as you're, as you are seeing rightly, you're able to receive rightly. Listen, loving you, giving to you was God's idea. When Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before the foundation of the world were one as other giving love, other serving love, submitting to one another in love, like he commands us to do that in that place of that union, what, what they needed nothing. It's not like, wow, I need a bunch of kids to serve me. They are self-sufficient and love sufficiency, right? But when you're love, what you do, your whole thing is love is loving. And so out of love, a race of children, just like in the natural was created. It exploded in a race of children that looked just like love in their flavor, in your individual flavor. And so being the object of his passion was his thing. So, so it was creating children to love and to love back. That's the bliss. That's the joy of love. That's his pleasure. You were created for his pleasure because he adores you. 
And when, and when someone adores you, that fulfills in them the fullness of love and you loving them back creates the circle of joy and bliss, which is why you were created. I'd like to say you were marked by love to love, to be loved, right? And to expand that circle of love. We're being drawn together as one that is redeeming humanity. That's redeeming the beauty of fallenness in our human state and fallenness of creation. And that is God's agenda to wake us up to that. But how does that happen? Well, the bottom line is, um, as we remain in God and God in him, we bear much fruit. That is a byproduct. It's not a reward. It's not anything you need to do per se. It's an awakening to an already present reality. Your union with Christ has already been established. You making a decision for Christ was an awakening to Christ's decision for you. He said, you did not choose me. I chose you. Love chose you. Why? Because he created you in his image and likeness and he adores you. And that is the source of your strength. So it says, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so will your life be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. That is not a, um, a transactional reality. That is a diagnostic reality because your union with Christ has already been secured. So if that's the case, that your union has been secured, well, you know what? You awakening to that union, you turning your affection to that union. You know, there are days all day long, I'll be like, dang, I didn't really even talk to God one time. I wasn't really sure I thought about him that much. I was just busy doing good things. It wasn't like I was running a drug ring or something, you know, <laughs> and then I'll be at the end of the day. It was like, Jesus, I didn't even talk to you all day long. And he was like, yeah, but I'm so glad you're talking to me now. Do you know, he never gets mad at me. It's like, yeah, you know, bad Catherine. No, he's like, he's just so delighted. He's so delighted. But I realize when I'm starting to get uh, weary, worn, grumpy, um, you know, depressed, dark, heavy, whatever, I need to retreat back to my source. And that is the place of my union with Christ, right? So it's talking about a functional uh, reality, a functional union. You partaking of union that you have. Well, you know what? If you're just, if you're feeling disconnected, it's because you're just needing to reawaken yourself to what's already present. You know, our problem is that we are forgetful creatures. Either we're clueless, <laughs> sorry, had to laugh, um, or we are forgetful. And we forget, we get overcome by uh, the scene realm. We get overcome what's coming in into our eyes and ears and, you know, our, 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 the scene realm. We get overcome. And that's why the darkness, which is such a lie, but it's seeming to swamp out our lives because we've not awakened. Well, I'm here. I'm the light is here. <laughs> the light has overcome the darkness, but we tend to be blind and we tend to be forgetful. And that's the weakness of our frame. Hence, we, hmm, we need a savior. 
We need a savior to awaken to every good thing that we have in Jesus Christ. We need a savior to awaken to who we are in the image and likeness of him. We need a savior to help remind us to woo our hearts back because, woo, look at the bird. We tend to get distracted. Uh, and, and, and the places where things are light and momentary, we think they're heavy and forever, right? And so in the place where he's taking those things and saying those light and momentary things, I'm working for you. Oh, as we look at the things which are not seen, God is not seen, but he's more present and available and a higher reality and more solid than anything else. He's the one that created the scene realm. The scene realm is good, except for when it's, it's blinded to, um, the unseen realm, God's realm in us that we're one with that we already can partake of. And, and as we are unveiled, we are manifested as sons and daughters and the bondage that the scene realm is suffering from is removed. And that's why um, Holy Spirit's job in us is to get us to partake so that as we're seeing him, he is unveiling us. And out of that place of our unveiling, um, we're doing the things that we're called to do. We are bearing fruit. And that comes from the place of union, not trying to get to the place of union, to remember our oneness with the source that is... Um, is uh already established right okay so your choices matter i mean that is important i'm not saying that your decision for christ doesn't matter it it is like everything because it allows you to partake of an ongoing reality but it's not what saves you and we'll have to talk about that another time it saves us in the sense of we're able to partake of what god has accomplished it is finished but let's just be clear, Christ is our savior, right? And so um, as we awaken to that reality, we are to partake of that reality. So it's a little bit semantics, but semantics matter because it, it, it clarifies what's really going on. What is really going on? Our decision for Christ allows us to partake of what's already present, doesn't like, is not the starting point. That makes us our own savior. Well, that's kind of silly right? Uh, because we've already been chosen. We've already been chosen in Christ. And now we choose back, we awaken to that, and now we can partake. So salvation becomes tangible. It becomes a functional salvation. You know, that everything in Christ Jesus is released according to our ability to partake, which is, which is faith, which is his faith that we are actually received from, right? So we're acknowledging every good thing that is in us in Christ. And I have a lot of other teachings. So I know this is maybe rattling some cages a little bit, but you know, um, it's okay to be rattled a little bit. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I've got it all figured out. So let's just be very clear, but I have been able to sit and, um, come to some things that are more inclusive, more sweeping, uh, more in line with the person of Christ rather than putting him in a box that limits, that excludes, and that violates love. And so, you know, where Jesus is, gets to, is the savior. And you know what? Um, he's really good at his job. 
and Holy Spirit in you is really good at leading you and guiding you into all truth so that so that the word can become flesh in your life. So how do we lean into uh, the strength of love? Well, let's go. I love this verse so much. I'm reading this from the Amplified Classic. It's just my favorite. <laughs> so let's do that. It says, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. You know, God is never tired. I mean, you know, if the first attribute of love is patience, that means he's not so worn out, not so frustrated with his dense kids, you know, and it's not so like, oh, are you ever going to get it, right? (laughs) We feel that way. But God understands the weakness of our frames and he's there to help us where we need it. Isn't that good news? So what does that mean coming to him? Well, that means awakening him like, wow, you're already there. I'm not asking you to come. I'm not, you're not out there. So I have to climb somewhere to get to you. No, I'm one with you. But in my mind, in my emotions, in my being that feels separate I need to turn around and say, wait a second, that separateness is a lie and I am turning to you, awakening to you and reminding myself of something I've probably forgotten. And you know what? That is what gives us rest. We need someone bigger than ourselves. You know, I I grew up with secular humanism. I mean, we were academic, we were elitist. And we were arrogant and it was ugly. And you know what? We had really, we had some good fruit. I mean, not all of that, not all, you know, there's some really great stuff. So let's use our brains. Let's use our intellects. Let's not worship our intellects. Let's use the gifts that have been given to us, but let's not um, idolize them. And so, um, so I grew up with that. Uh, and, um, and, and it, it shut us off and we had some ridiculous, crappy, horrendous, broken, toxic, dark, depraved fruit. And so, uh, we are not in and of ourselves. Um, you know, and we're in the image and likeness of love, but we did not create ourselves. We are not God. And I know it's popular these days to say we're God. No, we're in the image and likeness of God. We are um, as he is, but being as he is doesn't mean we are him. And, and, and the reason why I like to, 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 um, to, to talk about this, because we need to get some understanding in and of ourselves that we're not worms. We look just like Jesus, but we are not Jesus. Okay. Uh, we are one with love. We're in the image and likeness of love, but we are not love himself. We are of his essence, but we are not his essence. And it's important to get those things in line that we are the created, not the creator, but we are the created to look just like him. And the reason there's a lot of reasons why that's important. Number one. So we need to walk this balance of, you know, we're not separate. We look just like we're sons and daughters of God. Like we look just like him because he did such a masterful job. But in that place where we are that, we have to have the humility um, not to be prideful into thinking that we are God, you know, uh, and, and that leads to all sorts of spin out that is not, not good. 
And I, I'm, I'm less, I'm more immune to that kind of fallacy that we can run into because I came from that and I saw the fruit of that. And I'm like, if we are God, we are up a creek, but we look just like him. And that's his job is to unveil you. So in the place where we're not him, but we look just like him, we need to lean on our source. We didn't create ourselves. So that means we need to lean on our source. We're not self-sufficient. We're self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, but that means we're in Christ's sufficiency. We are one with our source and looking to him as our source. And when we keep those things in line, we're not going to spin out into all sorts of crappy teachings that'll bring crappy fruit. Okay. Um, you know, I, there is so much that, that the new age has brought to us that is so valuable, but there's some crappy stuff. So let's enjoy the baby, reclaim the baby because it's Jesus stuff and the bathwater. We're saying no with religion, with the Christian religion. Let's say, wow, this baby is amazing. Oh, that, that works mentality, that separatist mentality that I'm somehow depraved because I have a sim nature. Okay. So that toxic bathwater needs to go. And so it's really important to navigate and be clear. So in this particular leaning on love, it means that we look like love. But we need to lean into him. Why? Because he's our source. If we are our own source, we are in deep doo-doo. Okay, let's keep on going. It says, and I will cause you to rest. You can rest when you're leaning on something that's uh, stronger than you. I will ease, relieve, and refresh your souls. That's the strength of, of love where we can be eased and relieved. And oh, thank God. I can do this thing. There's darkness, but we're called to turn on the light. But where we feel functionally separate, we need that that to be reminded. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I love this so much. So it's in practicing and awakening to your unions, reminding yourself of what's already been accomplished by the work of the cross, reminding yourself of that. And that's, that's taking that yoke. That's turning your affection to God. That's practicing the presence. That's abiding in the vine in that place, um, that you will have relief, ease, refreshment, and blessed quiet. Why? Because we all recognize, you know what? We're not automatons in and of ourselves. We're not sufficient except for in Christ's sufficiency. So when we're reconnected to Christ's sufficiency, we're like, Okay, I'm good. I have everything I need. I have everything for life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So it's keeping the balance that is so important. Okay. And he says, learn to me. What do you learn? He's meek, humble, lowly. Why? He comes to serve you, not to be served. Now, should we serve? Absolutely, we should serve, but we serve out of the abundance of love because out of the abundance of being loved, you love. And when you love, you're going to serve. It's a byproduct, but it's not as a a duty, an obligation. Shake that puppy off. If the motive is not love, then let's back up until we have that. So we're serving out of the right place. Because let me say this, if you serve people out of obligation, you will resent them. You know, when you have any kind of a platform, people will come to you and ask you for money and ask you for this and ask you for that. And I always pray about it. Like, Lord, is this a yes? Is this a no? And sometimes it really is a no. And people have gotten really mad and accused me of not loving. And I'm like, I 
It's like Jesus. It's like, I have to do what I see the father doing. And so if he's not calling me to do that, he'll call someone else. He'll give you a different opportunity or something. But guess what? The sons of God are led by the spirit of God, which means if the spirit of God is saying a no, then that's a no. And so I'm not going to, because I'm supposed to love you, doesn't mean I'm obligated to do something. And that's for you as well. So be led. Because the thing is, if I'm serving out of obligation, I will resent you. And that is anti-love all the way around. So I'm just not going to toil to do love. No, I'm going to abide so the fruit of love comes out there. That's where I'm leaning on the strength of love. I'm remaining in love and I can bear much fruit. Now, sometimes that'll absolutely be a yes. And sometimes it'll be a yes and that, you know, it'll be sacrificial. And there have been that too. I don't know what it is. You know, honestly, it's so lovely to be able to rest in love that you just don't have to figure it out. You just don't have to work it up. Like, God, what am I supposed, what's the program? What am I supposed to be doing? Oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. Okay, great. We'll do that. Oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that. Okay, great. I won't do that. It is a free and easy, restful life that's taking his yoke, learning of him, why he's there to serve you, a meek, humble, lowly of heart, and I will give you rest. Um, I'm, I'm just looking back at the Passion Translation. Uh, I got this whole verse, which is so good. I just don't want to get off target here. Um, I wanted to read um, in, in Matthew 11, verse 26, which is the verse before earlier uh, in the Passion Translation. It says, yes, Father, your plan delights your heart as you have chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. I'm bringing that up is becoming like trusting children. That means being childlike. What do children do? Children lean into the strength of the love of their parents. Their parents are bigger than than them. Uh, hopefully their parents are good parents and love and are kind and all of that and are there so they can lean in that. Those are what happy kids do. Well, listen, your heavenly father Holy Spirit as a mothery spirit, uh, Jesus as your uh, bridegroom, as your brother, as your friend, stronger than you, greater than you, your source as you lean into him, you bear much fruit. As you're a child, you operate in childlike faith. Listen, children, if they have to beg to get fed, they don't believe that it was their parents' idea to begin with. Well, God is your source. He knows everything you need. He knows the desires of your heart. And he knows how to get you there from here. Uh, I'm going to skip down. It says, are you weary and carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. This is leading into the strength of love. Simply join your life with mine. Now, understand we talked about this earlier this is not, it doesn't, your, your union with Christ doesn't happen with your decision for Christ. That is, he already joined himself to you. You're getting into agreement with his joining. <laughs> it's your awakening, your decision. Say, yes, I'm one with you. I get to partake of you. Yay, I choose you. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. Doesn't that sound lovely? Doesn't that sound like love? You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear, right? Uh, the Amplified Classic Version says, um, 
For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be born. That is the nature of love. When you yoke into that, by awaking to it functionally, um, you're able to partake. You're able to lean into the strength of of love. You're able to sap all the vine juices (laughs) and bear much fruit as a byproduct. These things flow as a byproduct. Let him love you. Let him adore you. And the fruit will automatically be born. So I did want to recommend as a resource, if you are needing some help with it, and we all get crusty and dry (laughs) and like, I don't know what else to do. You know, my Bible reading is kind of like, it's not being that great. Or, you know, it's not, it's not really giving you life. Well, you may need something refreshing and new to do. So I did write a book. It's been out for a while called Marked by Love. Oh my goodness. I have to say, it's such a great book. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm fluffed and buffed. I'm saying because God breathed it out through me. I'm, I'm just saying, it, it, I read it, I get happy. <laughs> so you know that it's, you know, I read other stuff I write. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, that, that needs some Jesus help that thing. But this is one way that can help you connect with the fact that you are marked by love before you are marred by anything else. I have love encounter breaks in the, in, at the end that'll help you. It's like, I'm feeling so disconnected, right? We talked about that feeling of disconnect where you're not really disconnected, but you're functionally, you're not, you're not partaking of it. Like it feels like, God, where are you? It's so dark. So this helps you in my love encounter breaks to get past the hindrances that are hindering you. So it's kind of I'm loving, you're just partaking of love in the chapters. And at at the end of the chapter breaks, with the love encounter breaks, you get to encounter him and let him speak to you. Let him heal your heart. Let him get you past the things that are limiting you so that you can actually be healed, so that you can be unveiled. It's called Marked by Love, Unveiling the Substance of Your True Identity. So as you're seeing him rightly, he will unveil you in his image and likeness rightly. And out of that place, you're going to do amazing, beautiful things that are in line with the reason that you were born. So Marked by Love is available on a hard copy. This is a sexy hard copy. Um, I also have it on Audible and Kindle that's available on Amazon. Uh, and I also have a free chapter that uh, I will link for that. Anyway, I love you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.